We are Centerpoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10 a.m. Enjoy the message. Excellent. Right, now, this is the first... Well, let me start with this. Who's feeling Christmassy? Who's there already? Fraser's there already. It's, it's funny, isn't it? We kind of, uh, we assess how Christmassy we feel. Like, through the, as soon as the month of December kicks in, we're like, do I feel Christmassy? It, it becomes like this kind of daily um, analysis. And it's the first question you ask when you meet someone. It's like, are you feeling Christmassy enough? It's like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm nearly there. It becomes sort of a point of stress if you're not feeling Christmassy enough. You kind of result to Mariah Carey and just get that on in the car. And it's like, no, I'm still not feeling Christmassy enough. But I'm glad that so many of you already are there. Um, it's brilliant. Um, I was reflecting on when doing this preach on uh, the good presence and bad presence I've received over the years. And I remember, uh, I think I was about five years old when... Um, uh, unpacking the Christmas stockings. I've got three sisters, so we'd all uh, congregate on my mum and dad's bed and open the stockings. And I remember pulling out uh, a jacket potato. And um, I was just devastated because I, I equated the jacket potato to be like coal. And I felt it was like the judgment of, of my behaviour that year. And I was in tears and my parents had to lovingly and patiently encourage me to keep delving into the stocking for the Mr. Potato accompanying set that was for the jacket potato. Um, so I w my behaviour was all right that year. Um, but yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it as a, as a church. We're really looking forward to the 16th of December, which is our Christmas carol service. And uh, just to reiterate what Chris has already said, it's such a great opportunity. And, and we feel at Centerpoint we do Christmas services really well. And we're really confident that your friends and family will really enjoy their time with us. But we also are very confident that the significance of what we are, the message about Jesus uh, is such a great one. Um, and you all know that, but I just want to encourage you to really be having people in mind. Even right now while I'm speaking, I think just throughout this passage, actually God will speak to you and just encourage you to think, who can I bring on the 16th of December? Who can I start praying for to, to receive the gospel? Uh, it might be family members that you've just been kind of working your courage almost to, to get to the point where you feel like, yeah, I could bring them along. Well, I encourage you, start praying into it uh, from now. Let's go. So Christmas, it's amazing that with Christmas, billions of people all around the world are celebrating Christmas. And of course, different countries have their different traditions. And within our own families, we all have our own traditions and decisions to make, whether it's, you know, do I watch Home Alone or Elf? And I watched Home Alone last year, so it should be Elf, but I want to watch Home Alone again. You know those decisions. But for, for so many, actually, like the, the story of, of Jesus coming to earth, baby Jesus, for a lot of people, Jesus always stays as baby Jesus. And, and it's this yearly thing when we remember baby Jesus. But a lot of people don't reflect on actually the life that Jesus then lived and the significance of that and his death and resurrection. It just stays as baby Jesus each, each year. 
But we know, we know the significance, and we've been singing about the significance. It was such a great time of worship, and we've been singing about the significance of Jesus, the Savior of the world, God becoming flesh. And uh, it's, such a, it's, we, it's right that we cherish Christmas and that uh, we remember Jesus during this time. So, it's a bit of a long intro, but we're, we're going into our mini-series. So this is a three-week mini-series that's going to culminate on the 16th. And we're going to be looking at some of the main Bible characters in, in the story. So this week is the shepherds. And I know for some of you, you're thinking, hang on, we, we learned about shepherds last week. Well, you get another instalment about shepherds. They say it's like buses with shepherd preachers. And... Uh, Sorry, that's awful. Um, <laughs> but I do remember, so I've got one memory of being a shepherd from my, from my childhood. And uh, it was, I had the part of playing the glockenspiel as a shepherd and had, had the tea towel. And I rehearsed this part for like a month before, like every night rehearsing my simple, I think it was probably Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or something, but I rehearsed it to, to death. And uh, I remember for the Christmas I think I was on my knees with my tea towel, with my beater, but, but the teacher forgot to bring the glockenspiel. And so I was left on stage. I know uh, it's a bit of sob story after sob story, but I was left on the stage with my beater and no glockenspiel for the whole show. Um, and that is my memory of being a shepherd. <laughs> there we go. But it's going to be really cool, this series, because we're going to learn through looking at the different characters in the nativity in the story of Jesus' birth, we're going to learn about the nature of God and uh, how he used the different people within the story. And we see the choices, the sovereignty of God in using the different people to reveal uh, that his son had been born. And um, it's going to be a really cool morning. So we're going to crack on and we're going to go to Luke 2. And uh, it goes like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took uh, place while Quirinius, let's go for that, was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, my mum's ringing, no lie. <laughs> Just answered it. Sorry, ma'am. I'm preaching. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll explain that later. Um, that was not staged. Right, let's go from verse 8. So, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see these things that have happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherd returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So as preparing this, I did feel God really speak. I feel there's going to be a real prophetic edge to this morning. Um, but I want to start off with this. Put yourself in the shepherd's situation. If this happened, you would be terrified as well, right? If you're out in the fields and it's totally black, there's no lights anywhere, and it's this eerie silence that is just suddenly broken by this intense flash of light, and broken by an angel, you would be just disorientated, wouldn't you? You'd be like, what's going on? You'd be trying to fathom what has been spoken like from this amazing light. And it's understandable that the shepherds were initially quite terrified. But the angel of the Lord um, calmed them and said, I bring you news that will cause great joy for all people. For all people. This is news that affects affects everyone it's not just it's not just for the elite it's not just for the rich it's not just for royalty it's for the poor the downtrodden the homeless the lost the fearful the addicted this is news that the jewish people have been longing for been waiting counting the days day after day after day for hundreds of years since it had been prophesied a new ruler an end to the regime, regime, sorry, an end to slavery, an end to brokenness, a new hope, a new destiny, the prospect of peace. We know actually what that looks like. They were thinking actually this is the king that is going to overthrow the government, finally. But we know actually the end of the regime was Jesus coming to defeat death and make a way for us to have a relationship with God the Father. What an amazing, what an amazing story. And it's so amazing that, that God chose these shepherds. These shepherds were the first people to hear about this news. At this time, shepherds, they were, they were not valued in society. They were, uh, there's a real stigma around shepherds. And they were regarded as being irrelevant, as, uh, yeah, having no value, you know, dismissed they're out in the fields doing their thing and and society had basically rejected them and dismissed them but yet God chose to announce this news his plan his only plan for reconciling man to him he chose to announce it to these shepherds straight away 
God's saying, there's something different about what I'm about to do. There's something different about my son. This is different. This is not what you're expecting. You know, if I was in charge of promoting the birth of Jesus, I would have ado- adopted a different approach. If I was, if I was put in, in charge of strategy, I would say, you know, let's go, for, let's go for Jerusalem. Let's go for the capital of Israel or let's go for the heartland of Rome. Let's, let, let's, let's go for that. Let's stage it there. And let's, let's tell the first people we should tell are all the influential people in the Roman Empire. Let's, let's Let's find the movers and shakers. Let's go for them, the influential ones. Let's, let's go for them. Let's tell them first. And let's get a fina- financial backer. They can bankroll the campaign. And let's get some radio pluggers on it and a YouTube campaign. And I would, I would, uh, obviously, I've brought it out of that time. But that's how I would approach it, surely. This is, you know, you want to promote this, this well, right? Um, but God's seen it different. He's, he's seen, as I want to show the world, that this is for everyone. This isn't just for, for, for the influential in, in the Roman Empire. This is for everyone. I think what God's also doing is he's, he's showing everyone in this room right now, everyone that reads this passage, that God knows that God knows you. You know, all eyes, all eyes are on Bethlehem. The stage is set. But yet God is seeing some shepherds out in a field in the middle of nowhere. And what we can take from this and what we can take about God's nature is that he sees you. Actually, you might feel like the shepherds might have felt that you might feel isolated and you might feel a bit rejected and a bit dismissed. You might think all eyes are on over here. No one's seeing me. But yet God's saying, look, I chose to announce my son to the world through these shepherds out in the middle of nowhere who were just diligently and dutifully fulfilling their responsibilities. And yet God sees them. It's so important that, and this is the overriding thing I think I want you to take away from this morning, because there will be, there will be individuals here in this room that are feeling this way, that are feeling uh, of no value. And I think God is saying, actually, I value you so much, and I see you. I see everything. You know, for those who are up in the night at the moment that are, um, you know, feeding their child and who are, Sorry. Um, who are, yeah, in the, in the eerie silence of the night, feeling forgotten maybe, feeling lonely. And God's saying, look, look at how I announced my son. I see you, I know you, and I value you. We can take great confidence and comfort that no one is outside the realms of God's knowledge, that no one is outside of God's sight, that no one has not had a story written for them. You may feel that your life is going unnoticed. You may feel that all eyes are fixed on the other things and that you are on the outside looking in, isolated, forgotten. But God says, I see you. 
You know, the role of a shepherd actually is is a uh, maybe quite an unappreciated one. It's uh, uh, you know, you're not necessarily going to get feedback from the sheep. You're not going to get you know that was you smashed it with that shearing cut. You nailed it, or thank you so much. You nailed it with those wolves. And uh, you did so well, like getting all all of us into the pen. You did that seamlessly. <laughs> you wouldn't hear that. And there could be roles that we're in and seasons that we're going through in life where we're not getting that affirmation. But yet again, we see that God is affirming those shepherds because God looks for character. God looks for obedience. He's looking for how you live your life in times of waiting. In times of the monotony, the day-to-day, God is seeing and watching how you respond. And God saw the shepherds and he knew that he could entrust the announcement of his son, his plan to reconcile man to him. The prospect of the world changed forever when Jesus was born. And he announced it through, through shepherds. We can take great comfort and confidence from that. We see, so the shepherds have had this amazing encounter with the angel of the Lord and and thousands of angels, the host of angels just singing praise, announcing this news. And um, what we see from the shepherds is they respond. We see that they, it says, they hurried off to Bethlehem. Actually, they laid everything down and they were off. And it just, it really struck me that actually we can have times of encounter with God where we really feel like in times of worship, God's speaking and we encounter the presence of God. But sometimes, unlike the shepherds, we can um, we cannot act upon it and we can actually put that, that moment in a box and, and sometimes we can forget about it. But we learn from the shepherds actually that they acted upon it straight away, without delay. And I want to encourage you, there's always a purpose behind the encounter with God. It's never just for the sake of it. There's always a purpose behind it. And I want to encourage us as individuals that when we experience God, that we act upon it. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to hear God's voice. We might not get the host of angels and we might not get that that supernatural so clear right in front of you moment. But actually discerning and hearing God's voice is something that we we need to learn because through that we learn the purpose of our lives and and what God wants to do through us. And so this is really a plug for our worship night on on Wednesday because it takes time and actually together we, we learn to discern God's voice. And it just takes time, it takes practice. But there's always a purpose behind the encounter. And I encourage us to make time for times of encounter, times of hearing from God. We don't want to just seek an experience, don't just want to tick a box, but we want to know what, what is God's calling upon our lives. And we see very evidently the shepherds were called to go and they laid everything down and they went. They left their sheep, they left they left their responsibilities actually, I think, confident that God, if he's calling them to go to Bethlehem, that he would sort it. And so many times we can feel the call of God, we can feel that, but we worry about, about the details 
the logistics. He's going to sort this. He's going to sort that. And, and, and sometimes we're reluctant to go. But I encourage you, if God speaks to you to go, knowing full faith that he will go with you. Verse 17, it says, When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told um, them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed. The gospel is good news. All who heard it were amazed. Not some, <laughs> not a few. All who heard it were amazed. And what's so cool about this is we know that the shepherds uh, were uneducated. Okay, so we know that it wouldn't have been through persuasion and wise words that they would have convinced and, and that people would have been amazed through their delivery. Actually, it was just through their test, testimony. It's through what they had seen and experienced that amazed people. And I want to encourage you that the gospel is amazing and there's power in it and people will be amazed. And actually, it's not for us to discern and judge, prejudge who will find it amazing and who won't. We can do that sometimes. We can see someone's status and say, actually, that they're not going to respond. We can make those sort of judgments, but it's not for us to, to judge. All, all were amazed. Actually, they were amazed. They, they would have known, the shepherds, they would have known their place in society but yet they listened and they were amazed by the gospel. And I want to encourage you, again, the 9th of December. This is a great opportunity. All were amazed. And, and what I love about this is it comes full circle because the shepherds are out there on their own and God shows them, I know about you. And then the shepherds start going around and telling people, God knows about you. You are known. And this is, this is our commission to say you are known. And it's so poignant at times like this at Christmas. We, you know, we notice the homeless, the weather, the cold, the rain. And, and we're so thankful for what we have. And family time becomes a real prominence and we make a real priority for it. But we have that kind of moment where we're like, oh, I've got this, but I know so many don't. Actually, so many people need to know that they're known about, that actually God has written a story for them. Just like God's written a story for the shepherds, and he brings them into it, and billions of people know about these shepherds now. Actually, in a moment, in one encounter, a story is written. And I want to encourage you... Well, I want to exhort us, really, as a church, as Centerpoint Church, we, we, it's our mandate. It's our mandate to make sure that everyone knows that they're known by God. And we want to be a church that, that makes a difference. Actually, that is relevant for the homeless. We want to be a church that brings that suddenly into someone's life. And we can start, well, we can start today, but certainly the 9th of December... And I want to encourage you, you might even have things already in your diary, but can you move them slightly? Can you push things back? Maybe just a couple of hours, just to, so as a church we can do this in unity and have a real presence on the high street. It says in verse 20, 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What struck me about this is the shepherds worshipped only knowing the half of it, probably actually less than half. They knew that he would bring joy. They've been told that. And they would know there's something different about this, this king because he's just been born in the most humblest of circumstances. There's something different here. They would have known that. But they didn't know the life that Jesus would lead. They didn't know everything that Jesus would do, that everything Jesus did in his life was good news. That Jesus' whole life was good news. That Jesus was good news for the prostitute. Jesus was good news for the, the tax swindler. He was good news for the leper. He was good news for those in authority. Actually, he was good news for those in the, uh, the elite. He was good news for everyone. They hadn't seen the miracles that this baby would one day do. They hadn't, they hadn't heard his teaching. They hadn't seen his radical approach to dealing with people who are plotting against you. They hadn't seen him yet give his life for them. Those very shepherds that were part of this announcement, they hadn't seen yet that he would give his life for them. Whilst being spat and mocked, Jesus did the Father's will in enduring the most agonizing pain. You know, the shepherds hadn't seen the skies darken as Jesus breathed his last breath. And they hadn't seen an empty tomb as death was swallowed up in victory. The shepherds hadn't seen Jesus' story play out, but they knew something was different. But it made me think, how much more do we know about Jesus than the shepherds? We have the privilege of seeing Jesus' whole life. This should fuel our worship and fuel our adoration. And this should fuel our desire to tell the world of this good news that is available for all people. Can I have the band back up? I really want to reiterate this morning that, that you are known. Whatever you are going through right now, when all eyes are fixed on, on the celebrities and, and the, the people that have the confidence and uh, people that are at the front and all that, actually, God says, I see you. I see how you're dutifully doing your job. You might not be enjoying your job right now, but God says, I see you. And I see your attitude and your character. And I know about you. And this Christmas, we're just reminded at the lengths that God went to to prove how much he loves you. To prove that he knows about you and that he has a story for you. We're going to go into a time of worship. And I really want you to reflect on this truth that God knows and loves you.
that this is good news for you, for everyone in this room, this is good news. And as we worship, we're going to go into communion. Um, So during this song, um, we're going to have some stations at the back and the front of the room where you can um, collect the bread and the wine. And we're just going to have a time of just reflecting on Jesus. But I also want to encourage you to reflect on who can you tell the gospel to? Who can you announce this good news to? Who do you need to tell that God, tell that person that God knows them and that God sees them? And then we're going to worship. We're going to worship like the people that know the entirety of, of Jesus' life. Obviously, we've focused a lot on Jesus' birth this morning. But I really felt it, was, it would be good to read Isaiah 53. And I'm going to read it from the message. And obviously, this has been written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. But this prophesies what Jesus has come to earth to do. Who believes what we have heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum, but the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on him. On him. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to the slaughter, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was led off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man. Even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true, still it was God, it was God had in mind all along to crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest honours, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch, because he embraced the company of the lowest. He took on his shoulders the sin of the many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep.
Let's stand together. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.